Hello, hockey fans, and welcome to Game Over Vancouver. I'm your host, Clay Emo Knut Clay, here on YouTube and on Twitter. And we have a we have an exciting game to talk about. Actually, maybe the game itself wasn't exciting, but everything around this Vancouver Canucks game was quite exciting. Whether it was the tribute to the legendary Gino Ojic, or it was the brand new, now permanent, new third jerseys for the team. So we got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. So once again, welcome to Game Over Vancouver. As we get started, why don't you subscribe to the SDPN YouTube channel, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, right here. Hit the subscribe button. Like the video as well. Like the fact that we can talk about such an eventful night at Rogers Arena. Ooh. While you're doing that, you can also subscribe to me, Canuck Clay, both here on YouTube and on Twitter. And as well, um, while you're doing that, if you're listening on a podcast platform, maybe the next day or later tonight or whenever you are, I appreciate you as well. Make sure you rate and review. So the Canucks lose five to two, a lot going on. I have a wonderful guest that's going to help me break it down. But before we do that, a word from our sponsor. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with sports interaction, whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, sports interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or in one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN. Steve Dangle Podcast Network. That's sportsinteraction.com SDPN. 19 plus, please play responsibly. I love the how that's pre-recorded. I don't have to say that every single show now. So yes, game over Vancouver. I am thrilled to be joined by someone who I literally met half an hour ago, but I feel like we're best friends already. He is the number one detective. He is the one who cracked the case of the free, the skate. So please welcome my friends, Mr. Trent Leith. Hello, Trent. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining me, man. Especially, yeah, you get this random text from a guy this morning saying, hey, you want to be on my show tonight? So thanks for doing this on short notice. Yeah, no problem. As we get going, bro, why don't you tell everyone a little bit uh, quickly about you and where they can find your writing and your your tweeting and everything. Uh, so I tweet a lot too much um, at TrentL14. And I write, I created and write for a website with my buddy, Braden, uh, stadiumchinatown.ca. We put out usually about three articles a week there. Um, yeah, I'm just, that's really, that's really it. That's awesome. And then for people that aren't from this area of Vancouver, because we are across the country, we're across the globe. What Quickly explain what Stadium Chinatown means. What What's the relevance? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Stadium Chinatown is the SkyTrain station or like our um public transit station that stops right outside rogers arena so fans in the area synonymize the canucks with stadium chinatown awesome. and that's where we got our name great and you and Braden do some great writing and uh, you do some out of the box stuff i think you did a uh, a whole article asking chat gpt for some uh advice that was pretty funny so make sure <laughs> yeah. you check make sure you check it out stadiumchinatown.ca correct Yes, thank you. Okay, that is awesome. Let's spend a few minutes talking about the game because there was certainly a hockey game. I know I, I brought you on especially for a lot of the extracurricular, but um, I'll, full full disclosure, I did not see this game, the, the first two periods, as much as I wanted to be there. 
Wednesday night, my church duties, running religious ed classes. So I said, Trent, you better watch this game and be able to fill it, fill us in. So tell me in a nutshell, how do we get down for nothing? <laughs> Spencer Martin just had an off night. Yeah. That's really all it was like, well, and the Canucks defense being the Canucks defense, but it was for the majority of the game. Actually, the Canucks were the better team as far as like Corsi and shots shots were like, what was it? 52 to 29 or 39 to 25. Anyway, 39, 25 the, sounds right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was like the Canucks were the stronger team in everywhere, but the crease tonight. And really that's the story. And we got a bad performance got off on the wrong foot. And on the other end of the ice, we got goalied. Like Brian Elliott was insane. So my son, Sean was at the game representing the emo family trend. And I'm going to read you his summary. And you tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Is that, is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. First period started strong, rolling front two lines, hard Tampa scores first goal, somewhat against flow of play. Easy tap in for Stamkos, probably easiest of his career. From there, they capitalize on high danger chances. And we never could. Elliot looks outstanding. Their, their passing is too good, and they seem to score at will. Defense just broke down. Can't really blame Martin for four goals and 10 shots, but you have to pull him. Kuzmenko, the only notable Canuck for me. Is that a fair assessment? I would say it is, but Tampa had only 30% of the high score, high danger scoring chances in the first period. Mm. So there is some blame to be laid at Martin's feet here, but you have to remember he's a backup goaltender. But the... According to natural statric, the Canucks did have 70% of the high danger chances in that first period. Well, if Sean is anything like his old man, we are not that big on analytics. So I'm really <laughs> glad that you you brought that to the table, Trent. Yes, and I, I did. Of course, I couldn't watch the whole two periods before before coming on here. So I did. I watched the third. But I did see yeah, a, a collision with Bear, I guess, that made an easy two-on-one on Stamco's first goal. I Kutrov's that was impossible to stop. I didn't like the third goal because Martin seemed to let out a really... Uh, soft rebound to point, and then the fourth one, uh, really passive defense, and allowing Stamkos to just skate through the crease. So I saw those four. So tell me about the Canucks' chances, or were there was there anything that you remember from the first period? I don't remember any particular chances in general. There is uh, actually one comes to mind. I can't remember who was involved in the play, but it was a beautiful like in front of the net tip in redirect that just Elliot right place right time glove in the right spot like nine times out of ten would have been a goal but he was just on fire tonight okay um but yeah like if we just had a little bit more luck in those first few goals against on martin the canucks were in this the whole time yeah. it looks more lopsided than i think it really was yeah, you're right the shots 39 25 we actually scored two power play goals granted they were late but still and then uh, we out hit them they, we got out blocked pretty badly but yeah you see a lot of the hustle stats we did okay. So a scoreless second period. Trent, this was my son Sean's report. Nothing too excited in the second. Had another 12 shots, but Elliot looks too locked in. Power play doesn't look very dangerous. Fans starting to get antsy. Could get ugly in the third. But then someone did win a car during the second intermission. So tell me about that. Is that assessment fair? Yeah, I would say, like, again, all the stats say the Canucks were the better team in that period, but it resulted to no goals. It was a pretty boring period through and through. But yeah, I saw the video of the intermission guy on his third shot takes shoots and wins like a hybrid Toyota or something like that. Just crazy. Good. We are. I saw, I saw a lot of jokes saying like, is this guy, can we get him on contract? <laughs> yeah. We might not. Yeah. might not have a lot of salary to give him, but maybe we could squeeze him in. So third period. would be an ELC. <laughs> Trent, do you think that a score effects 
Tampa Bay let up, the the rest were helped a little, uh, Canucks were helped a little bit by the rest, or do you think they actually continue to carry play in the third as well, leading to those two goals? I think, again, like they just, on paper, yeah. they were the stronger team. And uh, we finally got a goal from Hughes. I think I heard on the broadcast, he went 200 games exactly between power play goals, which is insane. Yeah. But it's just that it's about time he got that monkey off of his back. But um, yeah, like the, the, the Canucks were in it the whole time, minus those four goals in the first period. If you played Colin Delia the whole game, he didn't let in a single goal. It would have been a two nothing Canucks game if he could get through those first few minutes. Yeah. It's funny. Delia has got a winning record and he, he seems everyone thought that Martin was he wasn't going to supplant Demko, but he was playing better than Demko to start the year. And now Dilia has been playing better than Martin. It's kind of strange how that works. Yeah, it is. It's kind of funny. I think. Uh, and Vancouver loves a backup goaltender. Yeah. Like it was always Schneider. Is he better than Luongo? Is it Nielsen better than Markstrom? Is it Demko <laughs> better than Markstrom? Which <laughs> yeah. we we love a backup story. I hear what you're saying. Okay, so the and then of course Stamkos um they gets the empty netter. It's crazy the stat they showed like of eight guys that have scored their 500th goal in a game. In that game they get a hat trick, which I guess intuitively makes sense because that's why these guys get 500 goals. They're they they're really good goal scorers. Do you like Stamkos as a player? Were you happy for him, Trent? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's a little bit underrated in like Crosby and McDavid's shadow a little bit, but another, I don't know if I heard this right. We might have to fact check this, but I thought I heard them say on the broadcast that of the other seven players that scored their 500th goal with a hat trick, they were all 497 to 500. Stamkos is the only one to go 500, 501, 502. If I heard that right, which is kind of crazy. That is a fascinating stat. So Everyone else enters at 497. Stamkos enters at 499. Now we just got to find a guy who, who enters at 498. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's a cool stat. And then, so, okay, so I think we've done a pretty good job because I obviously I do want to, I'm not rushing, but I do want to get to the case. <laughs> so um, Vancouver controls the play, but Tampa scored when they needed to. Martin wasn't sharp. And then Stamkos hits his 500th, 501st, and 500 and second goal, which which is a great story for him. And yes, a very underrated yet uh, celebrated player, if you can think of it that way. And the one last thing I'll, I'll talk about before we talk about Free the Skate is, of course, the Canucks honored legend Gino Ojek. I've been vlogging about him a lot the last couple of days. And it, I think it was a really nice tribute. They're also going to honor him even more when they celebrate uh, First Nations, Indigenous um, peoples that night in March. But of course, this happened just on Sunday. And if, and we can talk about this, if the Canucks were planning to do Free the Skate today anyways, it was almost a fitting way to launch into it. Almost, I don't want to steal your thunder, but almost not as forced. Actually, I thought it was a good way to have all, you know, his 12 former teammates or 10 or 12 come out for the ceremonial puck drop. And I thought it was, I don't know about you, Trent. I thought it was classy. I thought it was well done. And considering they only had three days to do it, they didn't overdo it. But I'm sure they'll find other ways to honor Gino as the next month and a half goes on. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And like you said, it was the perfect way to just slip the flying skate in. They, they got, they were already wearing the warm up equipment and everything. It looked good, felt good. Right. It was nice to see. Yes, It'll and- be cool to see a, a 
a proper video and everything when they have some time to put it together. Yep. That I, I agree with that. And um, I wasn't at the game. Obviously you weren't either. My son, Sean wasn't, he said that they had video tributes messages from guys like Pavel Bure, former teammates going throughout the the night. So that that's um, kudos to Canucks presentation staff, a uh, game presentation for doing all of that. Okay. So we've wrapped up the game. We've talked about Steven Samkos. We've done a quick tribute to Gino. I think uh, I want to get to, for the second segment, what I brought you on for, what everyone here is waiting for, and that is an interview with the lead detective. And I, I, I kind of <laughs> joke about that, but uh, I'll explain why to everyone in a second. We're going to take a quick pause, a two-second pause, so before we head into the next segment. Okay, so the reason why I was so excited to get Trent, you guys, is um, I'm going to let him tell the story. I had an inkling that... The, and you could probably tell Trent the way we were interacting on Twitter and stuff. I didn't inkling that this was going to happen, but my research, my my suspicions were nowhere close to what Trent came up with. And I will say, I'm not sucking up. I don't need to suck up. You're already on the show. It was brilliant, man. I I give you full props, and I'm so excited to hear this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to interrupt. I might interject because I'm so darn excited. But walk us through this basically four-month investigation by Detective Leith. So what happened was it was late October, and I was thinking about that promotional video that they did. Um, it was like Mission Impossible style. They were talking about something back east that the Canucks needed to acquire, and it was just as much manifestation as anything. But I was like, what if what they need to go and get is the flying skate. So I started to look at it a little bit and uh, Kobe Schmulders in the video, she puts down a hockey card and much like star Wars um, out of uh, R2D2, you have like the beam of light holograph show up and it comes out of the flying skate. So I was like, "Mm, fishy. So I started looking and she was saying uh, that's when she mentioned like our, target is back east so i was on the hockey hall of fame's website and i was looking at it and it was saying that its quote here is um they have a room with all like the the jerseys and stuff i guess and it says presenting franchise histories making up some of the most memorable and fashion memorable fashion statements throughout the years and i was like well flying skate is kind of like a a favorite around the league not just in vancouver so I started to piece that together and then she was saying like, if you don't want to fly under the radar anymore or be underestimated. Well, I remembered then that a part of the reason they switched from the original blue, green and white was because um, sports psychologists were saying these black, yellow and red colors are more aggressive, more intimidating. To me, that seems like a way to not fly under the radar or be underestimated. It was just all these little things like that. And then it was the fact that it was part one and it felt very much like a a trailer for a movie. So I was like, what is going to be part two? Like, what is this thing? So then again, it was just as much manifestation as anything, but I just, I wanted it to be the flying skate. Now, obviously the video didn't come up tonight, but since October until now, there was all these little Easter eggs that kept popping up. Okay, and, and before we get, them, before, before okay. we get to those Easter eggs, Trent, so you're saying already from that opening night video, part one, Kobe Smulders, uh, the the mission acquiring the target, you saw five or six hints in there already. Back east, 
uh, fashion, hockey hall of fame, light coming out from the skate, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, and again, maybe I was just looking for it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Cause I've had off the record, people tell me that wasn't the target they were acquiring. They had, a, I can't say what it was supposed to be, but they have to pivot now. Wow. But so I was wrong with that. But as I kept like looking out and trying to like prove my own theory, I kind of noticed all these little things leading up to the flying skate tonight. Love it. And let's hear some, some of them. them. Yeah. So there was the, um, the one that I like the most is, do you remember? So, you know, the board ads, they're all glitchy and weird and strange. There was one night or maybe it was a couple nights where they glitched and they just went black. It was just a black bar. And on the bottom of the boards, you have your red strip. And on the top, you have the yellow or vice versa. Yep. And so it just looked like the flying skate, but it didn't look like a depthless flat black. Like it looked intentional. And again, I'm, I'm looking for these things. So I'm like, hmm, that's a little fishy. Well, I've had people on Reddit that say they're in the know. It's with a grain of salt. But people have said they know people working at Rogers and that was intentional. Like it that was, was a flying skate hit. Yeah. And then there's been the billboards and the bus stop ads that have popped up. The the <laughs> the plane banner flying it. Like the Canucks were behind this the whole way. And then there were some practices where they were wearing black gear. And when the media asked about it, they were told like, oh no, no, it's just for charity. But it seems weird you would auction off practice worn gear at a charity, not game worn gear. Yep just all sorts of little things like that. And then at a certain point, it just became kind of fun to look for these things. So every time I was on Twitter and just saw a Jersey leak or somebody pointed out like, Hey, his gloves are black in the back of this photo. Then my mind is like, ah, add it to the thread. By the way, Trent, I, kinda... I love, I love the comment in the, in the chat from Kaya May, one of the two other co-hosts, uh, me, Kaya and Sam. And Kaya says the target out East was actually Hedo, Lundquist, and a first. Uh, a wonderful callback to the potential Rangers trade for JT Miller that was rejected. That's That was very good, Kaya. Full props. That, yeah, no, that's way better. Okay, so another one um, mentioned um, Ali in her Botchford Project article set, um, yes. got a quote from Horvat, right? Yeah, so we, we kind of assumed there was going to be a second part of the video coming, and we still don't know what it is or when it's coming you know i think they but, showed it tonight i um but oh, did they i got but they haven't put it on social or anything maybe because they didn't want to take away from the gino thing so yeah i let after we're done we'll do our research i think they may have shown it tonight yes okay i know there was a video but i didn't see this second part of this promo sure it was it was weird they uh sportsnet cut to an ad when they did the jersey reveal oh and like after all this i'm so excited and i didn't even get to see it <laughs> <laughs> But um, if the second part of this video is still to come out, uh, Horvat was quoted. I don't have the quote right in front of me, but it was something along the lines of there's still more to come. Mm. Like he's got a couple lines that weren't in the video. There were some whole scenes that guys did that haven't been seen yet. And again, I'm looking for these things. I think uh, Cody Severson found that before I did and sent it to me. And then, of course, I have to add it to the thread. And when I wrote my article, I put it in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> no it's yeah, awesome I, i've been i've been it was a lot of fun you know i've been refreshing your thread uh constantly for the past week now <laughs> we made it this far uh, so we've talked about the video billboard flying a plane 
glitches on the on the the ads. We've talked about wearing practice gear, interviews. Why don't you tell us a bit about these jersey leaks now that have been uh, popping up as well? Yeah, so um, aesthetics on Twitter, they're really good with jersey leaks and they find all the all-star jerseys and the reverse retros before anybody else. And uh, they sent out a tweet that said, is this the calm before the jersey storm the Jersey reveal storm anticipating a lot of news next week or so. And then they inferred to the coyotes, the Canucks, the caps canes stadium series and the all-star game. Wow. And the one, the Canucks, it had a little skate logo next to it. So then I, again, looking for it. I see it. It could have been anything, but I, I saw what I wanted to see. And then shortly after that, um, Lachlan Irvine, he found, a uh, leak, I believe, on Fanatic's website of the new designed logo without the white trimming and stuff like that and the new striping on the arms and body. And so that was right there. I was like, okay, I'm onto something. Something's happening. I just don't know when. Yes. And then as we got closer and closer to, I kind of narrowed in on tonight's game. There was, again, a guy on Reddit he said he knows a guy who knows a guy that says it's going to be Wednesday. And I uh, asked him how, and he gave me details. And then about a half hour later, all those comments were deleted. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, he spoke out of turn. That's a good sign. <laughs> Actually, the, yeah, you worry he's not in trouble, but then yeah, it's almost confirmation, correct? Exactly. The fact that he went back and deleted it meant he said something he shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And then I saw your tweet today, still following the story. Um, even on their warm up, warm up shorts, right? Shorts or warm up pants, they they had yeah. the the new logo, correct? Yeah, there was a picture of Horvat. I noticed he was wearing the uh, Gino jerseys, which have the original flying skate with the white in the toe and the white lines. Yeah. And then I zoomed in on his pants leg, and there was the new logo. Which again, if you're not looking for something like that, if you're not a loser like I am you're never going to notice it. But now <laughs> the second I saw a secondary logo in there, I was like zooming right in screenshotting, sending it to all my buddies. Yeah. That's why well, I certainly don't think you're a loser, but that, that, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So we have, we put all this together and uh, we didn't even mention the, the, not the plants, the fans at away games with the free, the skate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was the, in Raleigh, yeah. at the Canes game. Um, there was a fan that was following around the mascot with a free the skate sign. And then I think they were like ushered out by the mascot, like right out of the arena. I saw in a video. Yeah. And the, there was a home game a little while ago where yeah. there was a, a very professional looking sign. It was like <laughs> if somebody professional tried to design a sign that wasn't professional, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I hear you. And, they got a lot of time on the jumbotron, nice and clear. Yeah. Free the skate. So it was a bit of a it's funny. This is the best executed plan this Canucks regime has had in years. Yeah, hold hold that thought because that's what I want to get to. So you've laid out brilliantly, Trent. That's why you're the number one uh, detective on this case. <laughs> I I counted about 12 different instances, clues, exhibit A, all the way to exhibit J or whatever the 12th letter of the alphabet is. You've done such a good job. So now I have two fundamental questions for you. Number one, uh, do you actually like it? I want you to take as much detail as you want. Tell me why or why you don't like it or not like it. 
And number two, yeah, tell me a bit about this. If this is indeed a, um, a marketing ploy, and I want you to tell me if you thought it was effective, you didn't think it was effective. Do you like the fact they tried something like this? So both questions. Let's start with the jersey itself. Tell me what you think. I might be going a little bit against the grain here, but I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best way to bring something old into the modern era. We didn't lose... Um, we didn't lose the essence of the jersey. We've tidied it up. It looks a little bit cleaner. It's got the callback to the third jerseys last year with the similar striping. And I haven't seen it in person, but a lot of the photos I've seen on the arms in the yellow band, it looks like you have lines making up a flying V. Yep. So I think that's a really cool detail. On the inside cuff, there's like a mountain range. Yeah, the mountain like, range, exactly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really cool details. We saw it on the ice tonight. I thought it looked great. It looked crisper than the other ones it is a little strange and unfamiliar not seeing the white in the wording but honestly i think i like it it and there's no white around the numbers too it's kind of jarring when you first see it it's like it's a video game or something yeah it's it looks different but i think it's good i think it's a modernization of something retro and And by the way you you've heard what trent said i've always said since i saw the leak that I actually do like it as well. But we want to know in the chat, uh, start typing, tell me what you think of this new jersey that we now know is going to be the Canucks. I, I think Al Murdoch said it on the PA. He says, uh, uh, please welcome the Canucks in their third, their permanent, I don't know the words to use, but this is going to be the third jersey going forward. So let me know in the chat what you guys think of this jersey. Okay, so you like it. I like it. Two guys with, well, you have good taste. I, I don't know what I'm looking at half the time, but that's fine. Tell me about what you think about this whole, if it was indeed a plan, a marketing plan, tell me what you think. And, and do you think it was effective? Um, I do think it was effective. Like, I mean, maybe cause I've created an echo chamber for myself, but I like that was all I saw on Twitter for weeks was like speculation about this Jersey. So to me, very effective. Yeah. It was awesome. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I thought, like, I liked it. It was a unique approach to things. What I'm kind of thinking is we might want to take those people in marketing and stick them in hockey ops because they had a plan. They stuck to it. They achieved it. And <laughs> I mean, with the current, with the way the regime is right now, there isn't a lot of that, at least publicly. So these people, whoever was in charge of this, they, they got it done. And I liked the vision through and through. I love that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Th- so replacing the hockey outs with the marketing people. I, I know there's going to be some people that um, might say, oh, they just did this to mask that they're not doing so well or uh, or the, you know, the mess from Monday's press conference. But uh, this campaign, you can tell it wasn't just, it didn't happen in the last two weeks. This has been a well thought out, drawn out, strategic ploy, uh, play. So if they were planning this back in the off season, they had no clue what was going to happen this season. So I, I think that's kind of, I can see why people, a cynic might think that, but I, I truly don't believe that. I think if this was indeed a strategic thing by the Canucks, that they this has been a long play, a long game for sure. And you can't control what's happened a lot, uh, on the ice for the past three weeks or three months. Yeah, I agree. And with in the NHL, you can't just change a jersey. Like <laughs> you need to run it past the NHL. There's a lot of bureaucracy involved. You need to get, as far as I'm aware, you need to get Adidas involved to make sure they can make the jersey. Mm. Like they, 
these things hit shelves. It's not like they made 25 of these for the players and that's that. <laughs> like they've they've made hundreds if not thousands of these already. Yeah. Like this has been in the works for a long time. I think it just comes at a very uh, suspicious time. You know, Maybe they bumped the timeline on it or something, right. but it, this has been in the works forever. You know, they it's funny when you say that jersey this year. Yeah, exactly. When you say how many people are involved, everyone from the person who puts it up on a website, presses a button to the person designing. I'm actually surprised that, or maybe that's why these things get leaked, but maybe I'm kind of surprised that more there weren't more leaks almost then. Most of the like actual leaks and like um, mistakes that happened were all within the last week or two. Like this is kept under wraps the entire time, at least publicly. I'm sure there's people around the team that knew that kept it hush hush, but yeah, yeah outwardly, like just some guy on the internet, like it was very, very tightly buttoned up until about last week, just I, like the coyotes. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That came out too. Um, I, I love this comment from Bruce. Love it. We Canucks fans are so thirsty for a plan, even a marketing plan. So thirsty. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's right. I am. Um, well, I'm on here. I'm going to make another prediction. Oh, okay. Hold I, on. I'll... I, It's just a hunch. And I haven't looked into it yet, but this is my next pet project is I think that they're, if these jerseys are received well enough, I think within the next two years, they're going to be primary jerseys. Wow. That's a I hot was, take. I was talking to somebody about this recently. I think it was Braden actually. Anyway, um, you can't just like change a logo and color scheme and stuff like that overnight. There's like an investment into changing like all the decals around the building, all the unsold merchandise, everything. I think we're going to start to see a push of more black, yellow, and red mm. and less of the green, blue, and white. And I think in the next couple of years when they phased out some stuff, I bet you we're going to get an announcement of the flying skate full time. Just a hunch. Yep. I'm going to have to look into it and then, keep my finger on that pulse because i need something to do now <laughs> well i love your hunches your hunches are pretty good do you think that aquilini ownership would they be more open to getting away from the orca or more open to getting away from blue green white or equally i think probably equally yeah like i i've seen some cool mock-ups of um the flying skate in the current colors but i just there's just something so much better about the black, red, and yellow. Right. Like, it's not even so much the logo. Like, I love the logo, but watching the team, like, I just love those colors. They just look so much better. So, I think now that we have the Abbotsford Canucks yeah. wearing the current Canucks colors, we can... The Canucks are that color in Abbotsford. The Canucks are this color in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So during the course of your investigation, Trent, I feel like I'm interviewing you for like Dateline or something. Um, <laughs> what was what was the moment where you said, "Oh, I, I'm on this. This is this is for real. I, I this is to be. This is this is true." I think it was. I kind of forgot about it for a little bit for a little while, and then it was when the banner flew and nobody took credit for it because yeah. usually the people that fly the banner are very vocal yep. about the fact that they flew a banner. And no one claimed it. And then I was like, well, hang on. And that's when I started to think about the um, the fan plants and the weird boards glitching out. And then that's when I was like, something's up. Somebody's, somebody paid for this. Who paid for it? Now, 
I'm curious, Trent, did anyone from the club reach out either say, good job, you got us, or stop doing this? Or did you hear from anyone from an official standpoint? No, I didn't. Um, Like I said, I got some off the record stuff, but nobody from the club. And I was like, I even like tagged them in on it on Twitter to be like, I'm on to you. I see you. But no, I was never acknowledged. (laughs) Which I mean, as soon as they acknowledge me, it ruins the whole marketing campaign too. You can't be like, who's doing this? Who's flying all this? Right. And then on the side being like, I did it. It's me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, Trent, there's so much good stuff there. We have a few more minutes. Um, so in the chat, let's, uh, if you have any questions for Trent or me, of course, as the host about tonight's game, about the Jersey, about the way they honor Gino, about Steven Samkos. Let's do, yeah, we have a trend for another six, five or six minutes. Let's uh, let's get some questions in the chat. And while we're doing that, uh, while people are typing stuff out, Trent, once again, can you drop your Twitter handle and your the handle of your vlog as well, your blog as well? Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm at TrentL14. And our website's page is at STDM Chinatown. Or awesome. if you just look up Stadium Chinatown, other than that, we're not the TransLink, we're the other guys. Okay. So. Awesome. So Trent Leith and Stadium Chinatown. Just incredible. A longtime supporter of me and this channel says, the skate is freed, now free the tank. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as Rutherford knows, like he thought we were tanking. So Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to mention too is games like today and the the road trip minus carolina is like the best tanking hockey you could watch like they're high scoring nail biters right down to the last moment and then they lose it's perfect yeah yeah if you're of some and we know the stats we know that they're closer to the bottom of the league and increasing their lottery chances than they are in and with another loss falling further away from any hopes of a wild card spot and with the the top end of the draft, not just Bedard, but the other five or six guys. Yes, this is, and Rutherford, you're right. You're right, Trent. He basically acknowledges much that this is the one year where, where it might make sense to do it for sure. What do you think of Rutherford's press conference overall? By the way, um, I didn't get to see a lot of it because I was at work at the time, but yeah. I caught the highlights, like the the whole "we're not rebuilding, we're retooling." It just seemed like the same old, same old for the most part. Right. I I kind of get it. Like I with a guy like Patterson and Hugh uh yeah, Hughes, like you don't want to tear it down entirely, but just I think the word retool is a bit of a trigger word in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. They need to do like 90% rebuild. <laughs> like everyone but Patterson and Hughes, but I guess that's GM speak for a retool. So. And are you uh forget about the fan base in general, you yourself as Trent Lee, are you patient enough for a true rebuild? I have been patient enough to watch hockey since 2013 to now i'm certainly patient enough to watch a team with a plan for a little bit (laughs) oh that's funny that's good um so here's a thought from bruce the jersey looks sharp it's the nostalgia for us older guys he's talking about me and him because we're the same age um and uh that remember the 94 finals finally i would imagine sales would be red hot if the canucks were winning and yeah and that's the other just imagine so the reason why this story is so fascinating, Trent, as well, is not only the work you put in and, and the, the kind of breadcrumbs, but the, the fact that, unfortunately, that Gino passed away, but it almost made it feel like a right, I don't want to say forced, that it would have been forced, but it certainly was less forced, as we talked about off the, the top of the show, that it was almost an appropriate way to honor Gino. And yeah, imagine uh, 
regardless of Gino, imagine if the Canucks were winning, just uh, maybe the mentality of uh, how these are received even better. Like, I, I think yeah. reception, now that people have seen them on the ice, despite the result, I think people are okay with it, but I think they're even, um, now that they've seen them and uh, not a leak from Fanatics, I, I think more and more people kind of get on our side and, and start to like them. What do you think? I think so too. And I think like if there was less apathy in the market right now, I don't think I would have been the only guy that I don't think I would have been the first guy to figure this out or put this all together. Right. I think if people were like watching super intently, like I have a website that covers the team. I have to watch Mm -hmm. most of the games. Like I need to know everything that's going on. But if I was just a casual fan, like I probably wouldn't have noticed J patch tweet where they're all wearing black gloves and like black helmets. Right. You know, like if everyone was watching as intently as I was, everyone else would have spotted it just as easily. But based on kind of what I know about that promotional video and everything, I think everyone in the Canucks organization was expecting the team to be pushing for a playoff spot. And I think if we were right in the playoff hunt right now, how much more exciting would this Jersey reveal be today? Yes. Yeah. Right. There would have been so much more hype. There would have been lineups out the door to try and get a hat or a Jersey, but Right now, people are mad at ownership and they don't want to give them any money. So they're not, they don't want to rush out and buy jerseys right now. That's it's a really good point. That's a, or you can do what my son Sean did. And apparently he he got a prize for the first time. It's one of those shirts that fell from the rafters, fell right, oh, into, no it. Yeah, right into his lap today, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. I've always wanted to win one of those, but never, never even got a whiff of it. <laughs> uh, one last thing. I, I love what you're talking about, how uh, psychologically black, red, yellow, those are intimidating colors. So if you saw the posters, the imagery that came out today, it, it's Horvat, it's Petey and Miller, and they're not smiling. They're not yucking it up. They're actually... Uh, I hope they're not sad because of the season. They they have that kind of more intimidating, menacing look. So maybe that's kind of speaks to what you're talking about too. Yeah. And I, I think it was um, the Sabres recently were wearing some of their throwback jerseys and they're like black and red. And Dolan was quoted saying something along the lines of, we just feel evil in them. And like, that's, you don't want to be a nice hockey team. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hockey's a physical violent sport. Like, you kind of want to lean into that. You don't want to be looked at as the soft team. Right. Right. So may as well not dress for the job you want, not the job you have there. And that's a, that's a perfect way to end that point from a standpoint of, uh, and Gino kind of epitomized that he was, it wasn't easy to play against, stood up for his teammates and made it a tough night for his opponents every night. Uh, Trent, the zoom countdown is going to boot us off in about 30 seconds. So I really want to thank you for coming on a short notice and articulating your, your passion and your, your sleuthing so well. And I look forward to continuing our, our conversations on Twitter. Uh, so once again, thank you for joining us, Trent. And uh, I can't wait to see what case you crack next. <laughs> thank you. I, this was a blast. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks again, Trent. Wow, good timing. That's like the second time that the Zoom call, the my 40-minute free Zoom, ended right as we were finishing. Uh, so f- hopefully you guys heard him say goodbye. I didn't want to look like I was kind of ushering him out. So very, very grateful for Trent Leith for joining me tonight. And once again, if you want to follow him on socials, his Twitter handle is tleith 14 Yes. No, sorry, Trent L14. I had it backwards. So it's Trent L14 on Twitter. And then he writes for Stadium Chinatown, and that Twitter handle is STDM for Stadium, 
stdm underscore chinatown make sure you give him a follow on both thanks everyone I, that was kind of cool it was of uh, obviously important to cover the game to cover steven samkos surpassing the 500 goal mark to cover the tribute to Gino Ojek. But I also thought this would be a wonderful time. Now that is the skate has officially been freed, I thought it was a wonderful time to bring on the guy who's basically leading the charge. And I, I think you, I, you could tell Trent has had a lot of fun with it. It doesn't take himself too seriously. Maybe that's why we get along so well. But I was grateful to have him on and just have him articulate that uh, why it was important to him and all the things that he saw over the past three or four months. So thank you to all of you for joining me tonight. If you want more Canucks talk, where I'll talk a little bit more about the game, a little bit less about Free the Skate, but I'll still talk about the Canucks. I have my own show every night, every weeknight at 11 p.m. Pacific. I know it's a little late for you people not in our time zone, but if anyone else, you want to join me, I'll be popping on in half an hour on my own channel, Canuck Clay, for some more post-game coverage. So thanks again to all of you for joining us tonight. Make sure on your way out that you subscribe to SDPN, this channel. Make sure that you like this video. If you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure you rate and review. Thanks to everyone who joined us in the chat. Thanks again to Trent Leith for joining me tonight. And my next game over isn't for a little while. Actually, I don't think I'm on until Friday the 27th against Columbus. So I, I think it's pretty sure it's Sam. Um, that has the next two games, unless Kai has one of them. But uh, Colorado's on Friday. I, I'm sure Sam will want to do that. Colorado's your favorite team. And then I, I can't remember if it's Sam or Kaya on Saturday when the Canucks host the Oilers. But I do know, I'm pretty confident that it is indeed Sam this Friday when the Canucks host the Colorado Avalanche. So once again, thanks to all of you. I hope that you guys have a wonderful rest of the night and have a really good Thursday tomorrow. And as always, stay safe. Stay healthy, take care of yourselves, and take care of each other. And do you guys know the best thing about only having your right arm and your right leg? You've got nothing left to lose. Take care and go Canucks go. Good night, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada Sports